Well, good morning. Um, there's going to be a video here in a second, but before I guess it's played, I just want to just greet you and say um, it's good to be here with you this morning. And um, I don't know who's playing the video, but um, but anyway, I'll go ahead and do the <clears throat> the missionary thing and uh, and greet you in Portuguese. So, bom dia to you all of you. That means good morning. And then in Sorry, my watch is going off. And then in Nyungwe, it's Machibesi Mulitani. So that means, good morning, how are you? And you would say, Indiribuino. All right, you got it. All right, so um, well, that's our little Daniel keeping in time with, with the music. And um, I just want to thank Will DeWitt for putting that together. All we did was handed him a, a USB drive of some pictures and said, See what you can do with these, and he put that together. So uh, I just want to thank him for doing that. It's just great to be with you today um, as you begin the week of prayer for international missions. Um, it's one we're you know we're together as believers in one sacred effort to to make disciples of all nations and. It's a, it's a God-given command that we have to go and to share God's love, to tell others about Jesus and how He died on the cross to, to save us from our sin so that we could have an abundant life, a life of purpose, a life um, that's free from, from, from sin or free from fear, free from uh, the chains that, that, that so easily entangle us. And um, we're together in that. And as Southern Baptists, we have a great way to be together in that. It's through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and through the cooperative program. But as we get into this Christmas season, we have the Lottie Moon Christmas offering that we all give to uh, collectively. All 42,000 or so um, Southern Baptist churches give collectively. And 100% of that, of that offering goes to support not only us, but nearly other 5,000 other missionaries who serve around the world. And there are brothers and sisters in Christ, other Southern Baptists who are around the world, sharing the gospel in places um, from Timbuktu to, to, to Zobwe, Mozambique. I mean, it's, it's all, they're all over the place. And, um, you know, we were excited to see that your goal was $70,000. Um, and we just pray that you'll, you'll reach that or surpass that um, as you give. Like you saw on, on the video, um, because you give, you know, we can travel to Mozambique. Uh, we can get our visas there to live and to work in Mozambique. Uh, we can have a house to live in uh, that you saw, that nice pink house. If you looked at it from the other side, you would think it looks like a, a Spanish hacienda. I mean, it's just really... Um, it's a great place for us to live. And uh, we have a vehicle to drive. We can get to uh, places that are hard to reach, hard to, to access. People um, that are down in a, in, a river, in a river valley or up on a mountain, uh, we can get to there with, with, um, with that vehicle because you gave. Um, because you give, we can homeschool our daughter, uh, Abigail, who's seven now. She's in first grade. She can, she can study uh, in, in first grade. And she has all that she needs to do that. And we're, just, we're thankful for that. 
Um, and then also we can, we can go and get adequate medical care. Uh, both our Emma Claire and Daniel, our s- second and third children, um, were both born in South Africa. And we were able to go or travel there. Uh, have, Katie was able to deliver in a, in, a, in a great facility there, a great hospital, great medical care, great place to stay at the Baptist International Mission Services guest house. Um, we can stay there. We can do everything we need to do to get a passport, visas, to go back and live in Mozambique. So we just want to thank you for that. Right now, uh, the IMB has been in, a, uh, in kind of a let's burn the, burn the furniture to, to keep us warm kind of mode. Uh, we've had to s- sell some property to, to, to be able to support the other missionaries uh, that, who are there. So as you consider giving uh, this year to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and as you consider the about 3,025 unreached, unengaged people groups that still exist. That means people, people groups that have never heard, never heard the name of Jesus before. No one is there sharing the gospel with them. Unreached means that nobody is, has, has been reaching them with the gospel. Unengaged means nobody is there living among them, sharing the gospel with them. Um, and that's pretty much unacceptable for us as, as believers to still have that many people groups who've never heard the gospel before. And so, as you consider those, 355 of those have a population of about 100,000 or more. The rest of those are considered micro people groups. They're small, sometimes they're hard to get to. Other people have said they're unreached for a reason because they're hard to get to. Well, um, you know. The Lord has blessed us with a lot of resources. And the Lord continues to bless uh, us with a lot of resources. So let me give you, as you consider giving, let me give you um, some ways or uh, kind of a breakdown of how much it costs to to keep a missionary on the field for a year, a a month, a week, and a day, okay? So $50,800 is the average of how much it costs it costs to keep an IMB missionary on the field. $4,233 for a month. $977 for a week and about $139 per day. So as you consider giving this, this year, um, consider giving to what it costs to keep a missionary on the field. Um, and then, you know, our current IMB president, David Platt, um, it's a great man, and, um, and he was asked not too long ago from another missionary, he said, you know, what do you think we can do to keep, you know, all of the nearly 5,000 missionaries on the field, what do you think needs to happen? He said, I don't even think that's the, the right question to ask. The question is, how many more missionaries can we send out? How many more can we send as Southern Baptists because 5,000 is not even, a, not even a tenth, not even a 10% uh, of what, of, of the, the Southern Baptists that exist in the United States. So let's, let's c- continue to pray. Let's continue to think about how we can give to 
to keep sending missionaries, to keep sending the gospel to these places. I want to give you just a, just a little bit of information about Mozambique, where we live, uh, just kind of give you a, a little bit of, of a picture. You saw some pictures there, um, but Mozambique is, is a country, um, it's a very big country, and in the southern region of Africa. So if you look down at the very bottom of Africa, there's the country of South Africa. And if you go up the east coast, you'll run right into Mozambique, and it's right directly across the channel from the island of Madagascar. Uh, we live in the province of Tet, which is like a state. It's about the size of the state of Virginia. And we work with, there are about five different people groups that live in, in that province. Uh, we work with nearly all of them because they make there are representation or there's a representation of all of those people groups in the Baptist Association of Tet, which we work with. But our main focus is the Nyungwe people, and the Nyungwe people number a little bit more than a, a half a million uh, that live along the Zambezi River. The Zambezi River is the fourth largest river in Africa. It flows from Angola and it dumps out in, into the Indian Ocean uh, in Mozambique. And so we live somewhere in the middle there. And, um, and the Nyungwe people live along that river. And it's a very semi, very arid place. Um, you saw not a lot of trees. There's a lot, there are baobab trees, those big trees that you saw that didn't have any leaves. Um, very uh, harsh environment, uh, very hot, very uh, not good for agriculture. And so it's, it's, it's difficult to live in that area. Well, the, the Nyungwe live there, and they've been able to, to, to continue to live there. Um, but we live, and, and, and I greeted you in Portuguese, and you may have wondered why I greeted you in Portuguese if I live in an African country. Well, Mozambique was colonized by Portugal um, a long, long, long time ago. Now they're not. They've gained their independence since 1972, but I don't know if you remember studying in history class back in, I don't know, I guess maybe it was middle school, you learned about Vasco da Gama who sailed from Portugal trying to find a route to India. Well, he stopped over in Mozambique. And from about that time, 1400s or so, up until 1972, Portugal colonized Mozambique. And so Portuguese is the, the national language of Mozambique, but there are about 45 other languages spoken in Mozambique other than Portuguese because there are about 45 other people groups that live in Mozambique. The Nyungwe are just one of them. Um, you saw on the, in, on the pictures that less than 2% of the Nyungwe people claim to be or claim to know Jesus as Lord, claim to be evangelical Christians. Um, so they're considered to be unreached with the gospel. Now we're there, so we're engaging them with the gospel, that, but they're not considered to be reached with the gospel. They're not, they don't have the majority of their population who claim to be uh, Christians. Most of the Nyungwe people believe in what's called, or what's been termed, the African traditional religion, which is a belief in that a God exists. There's a creator God that exists, uh, but he's very distant from them. He does not have um, contact with them or, 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 a, or a relationship with them. He can't have a relationship with them in their daily, their daily lives. So 
there are all these other intermediaries that, that they uh, relate to in a spiritual sense, which are good and evil spirits and ancestral spirits. And so anything that happens in someone's life happens for a reason. There's no mistake. Uh, if someone has an accident in a car, it's because somebody probably uh, bewitched them in some way. Uh, if someone's sick, if a little child's sick in their life, it could be that their, their, their parents or their in-laws or their mother-in-law or their aunt or uncle was upset with them, and so they sent a curse to, for, for their child to be sick. There's all suspicion, fear, um, and then revenge that comes in with that. Because you can go and try to find out through a, a diviner who actually sent a curse on you or your family um, for you to, to, to fall ill or to have problems in your life. And you go into this diviner and he tells you who it is. And then you can also work up with him a curse to send back on them. And so there's all of this fear and suspicion, not knowing who's done this to you. It could be your, your, your sister or your mother or your uncle or, or even a, an ancestral or ancestral spirit, your great-great-grandfather who's not happy with the way that you're living your life. So then there's spirits, there's rituals to, to go and do to, to try to stay in good contact or good relationship with those ancestral spirits. It's hopeless, helpless, there's no joy, there's a lot of fear, and that's basically what Yungwe people believe. Most of Africa, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, has a similar belief system to that. Well, we're there as Christ's ambassadors to go and share the gospel. To take a message of hope, a message of joy, a message of peace that passes all understanding. And we work with our national partners. They are the the, our fellow believers there in, in Mozambique to share the gospel, to start new churches, to, to teach and train pastors and leaders so that they can invest in their congregations and start new churches and continue this process of multiplication so that the Nyungwe will not be in the unreached category anymore, that they will be reached with the gospel, that they will know Christ and live in abundance, in an abundant life in Him. Our work, as I mentioned, is, is mainly focused on being a catalyst for church planting, uh, to help encourage, to work alongside uh, Nyungwe, our, our national partners, to share the gospel, to start churches, so that they can start churches, so that then they, those churches can start other churches and continue this uh, reproductive process. And then to train leaders uh, and pastors who will continue to lead their churches in a godly way, in a biblical way, and, and that disciples can be made in Mozambique. Our end vision is that there would be a thousand churches, reproducing churches among the Nyungwe people. That would be one church for about every 500 people. 
We think, we hope, we pray, we maybe we need more than that. But right now we're praying that we can one day see a thousand churches among the Nyungwe people that will be able to, to reach, uh, continue to reach their people and then also to go internationally and to go and serve in other places. And we hear and we know about the realities of, of Africa. Okay? Very poor, uh, very, um, very basic uh, lifestyle. Uh, most, most people are subsistence farmers. Most uh, are barely able to, to, to produce enough food for, their, for themselves and for their families um, for a whole year. But we know that God is, is, is big. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than, um, than our circumstances. And we know that he can, He's the Lord of the harvest. And He can send out whoever He desires into His harvest field to reach the peoples of this world with the gospel. And we know that He can send Mozambicans who come from very humble, uh, humble existence to send them to, to go and share the gospel in other countries, in other places, because He is God. He is, a, he is Lord over that. And so we're, we're praying for that. There are currently 11 Baptist churches among the Nyungwe people, which is pretty much a drop in the bucket compared to the population of, Nyungwe, of Nyungwe people. And it continues to increase. Uh, there's, there's probably close to 600,000 uh, Nyungwe people now uh, living in Mozambique. I want to share with you a couple of stories. Uh, one that has to do with uh, starting new churches, and then another that has to do with uh, leadership development or teaching pastors and leaders. Um, there's a, one, of our, one of the pastors, not one of our pastors, but one of the pastors uh, there in Tet, Mozambique. His name is Pastor Fajbane, which translated mean pastor does well. He's a very quiet man. He's very tall, very, very slender. Um, but he is, he is a machine. He loves to share the gospel. And so, about, a little, about two years ago, uh, he and his church started a new, um, what, what, what we call a preaching point. Going to an area, just preaching the gospel, hoping to, to win some people to the Lord, to then start a church. Well, um, he told me about it, and he told me that they, had, they wanted to go to this area. And, and he asked me to come, and we went and showed the Jesus film, and, and s some more people came to know the Lord. And so now there's a, a little small... I wouldn't even call it a church yet, but it's, it's a small gathering of, of believers who meet together on Sundays, and, and, and hopefully it'll develop into a church uh, one day. Now, that's down by the river. That's a place called Shiozi 1. Shiozi 2 is a little, bit, a little bit up in elevation. It's the same, pretty much the same village. Uh, there's just a division because of elevation. And in Shiozi 2, uh, he told me just before we came there that they were starting to go and share the gospel in that area. And he, call, he asked me if I, if, he could, if I could come and bring the Jesus film equipment to go and show the Jesus film. Now there's a generator, there's a projector, a screen, and so uh, I usually go and we go together and we'll set it up and show the Jesus film and then the next day we'll have someone, or we'll ask people who are interested in knowing more about following Christ to come back and, and we'll share the gospel with them again to see if they want to, to place their faith in Christ. Well, I told him I 
I wasn't able to go because of this trip. I, I didn't have the days to go and, and do that. Well, he said, well, if you could just lend me your generator. Mine's broken. He has a little small generator that he uses as his, at his house. He has no electricity. He just lives out away from town. And he says, mine's broken, but I want to take your generator and my DVD player and my television, and he's going on his motorcycle out to this place to show the Jesus film. Now, it's, you know, only a few people can watch it, or as many that can crowd around it, but, um, but he, he wasn't stopped by, by that. He, you know, he wanted to go and share the gospel in this place. And so he told me after he brought the generator back, he said that there were uh, about 20 people who professed faith in Christ. And we praise the Lord for that. And we ask, we pray that there would be more, uh, you know, to come to faith in Christ. So that kind of gives you a picture of what starting a church is like in Mozambique. Just go and share the gospel. It's basically that. Share the gospel with someone, and as they place their faith in Christ, we group them together with other believers to start churches and teach them that the church is to make disciples. Each person, each believer, has a call, has a, has a command to go and make disciples of all nations. And that they are to go, and to, from where they are there in Shiozi 1 and 2, they are to go to the next place to share the gospel, to a place called Sungu. We hope to get there someday in Sungu. Leadership development, uh, teaching and training pastors and leaders to, to go and to be faithful, to teach God's Word, and to, and to, to train their, their members, church members, to be disciple-makers um, there in, in their areas uh, has been challenging. Um, Mozambique, now out of civil war, uh, they've uh, developed or discovered a lot of natural resources. Where we live, uh, there's a lot of coal, uh, actually a large, very large deposit of coal. So there's been a lot of development, a lot of new jobs people can go and and get a job, and, and so that means they're working now from Monday to through Sunday sometimes. And so time is limited, uh, resources are limited. But there's a group of uh, five young men who came and were a, were a part of our last session, our last Bible school session. And they came from an area that's not, they, weren't, they aren't Nyungwe speakers, they're not Nyungwe, they're Chewa speakers. But they came, and they came with some of the best attitudes. They came ready to learn. They told me that each night they were going to stay up, and they stayed up discussing what they had learned that day. And then they had so many questions, wanting to know so much about what we were, where we were, what we were learning from God's Word and, and how they could apply that in their areas. And then right before they left, I encouraged them. I said, okay, from what you've learned now, Go back and teach it to your, at your church. Go back and, and see who's interested. Following that 2 Timothy 2.2 model of what you've learned, what Paul's told, to, told Timothy, what you've learned in the presence of many witnesses, you teach that, invest that in faithful men who will then be able to invest that in other people as well. And to faithful people who want to learn, who want to, to know God and want to want to make disciples. And so three of them have called me since they returned. And they've told me of these little groups in their churches of seven to ten people that they are now teaching what they've learned about salvation, 
knowing and understanding what it means to, to, to be a follower of Christ, what, what, who the, what the church is, you know, what it's supposed to be like, as we know from Scripture, and a lot of other basic found, uh, foundational doctrines. And so that kind of gives you a, an, an idea. We just meet in a church, and guys come in for 10 days, and they sleep at the church, and, and we, just, we study from about 8 till 4 in the afternoon for 10 days, and then they go back home. We do that twice a year. If you would open your Bibles uh, with me to Matthew chapter 9. I want us to look at a, just a short, a few short verses. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. We just have a, just a few minutes, but I want us to look at these, these verses and this command that we have from Jesus, um, what he told his disciples while he was still on earth. Matthew 9.35 says, says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus is in his ministry, his earthly ministry here, of preaching the gospel of the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God here on this earth. And as he encountered people, as he was going around and preaching to the Jews, and then later his his disciples would continue that on to the Gentiles and to other people groups who, are, who we would be considered those Gentiles, not non-Jews. But Jesus encountered hurting people. He encountered people with, with no hope. He encountered people who were, who were harassed, harassed by, by, by our adversary, harassed by uh, sin, harassed by the flesh, just harassed and helpless. And what did he turn to his disciples and say? He said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, I don't know about you, but, but when you look at, in, in spiritual terms, when you look at a world or a group of people who are harassed and who are helpless and who are without hope, And we think of a harvest which is ready to be picked, ready to be, ready to be harvested. You know, coming back to Georgia this time, you know, we got farmers in here. Cotton or has, was, on the, was in the fields. Now I'm going by and I don't see it, you know, because we got here too late. But there are all these white fields ready to be picked, ready to be harvested and that cotton sent off to and be and be produced into whatever it, it it's produ- you know whatever is made of cotton. When we think of helpless, hurting people, we don't look at that and say this is a harvest field, ready to be picked, ready f- people ready to to accept 
Christ. But it is. It is a harvest field because when we sow the seed of the gospel into that harvest field, new life begins. When we go and we go to the, to the most hurting people in this, on this planet and tell them that God loves them through, their, through His Son, Jesus Christ, when He showed us, showed the whole world, and His death on the cross, He loves us that much. And He desires to have a relationship with each one of us. And that brings hope. It brings joy. It brings life. It's a harvest field waiting to be harvested. But the workers are few. But Jesus didn't say, now, y'all just go on out there and try to see if you can save some, which he did give us that, that command to go and make disciples. But what he told us to do in this passage was to pray, earnestly pray. Because who does that field belong to? It belongs to God. And as we think about our world, right here in Tifton, Georgia, or in Mozambique, or wherever, we encounter the same type of people, pretty much, who have the same basic needs and have the same type of hurts and who need to hear Jesus, about Jesus. We, we, we pray that there will be more laborers from, the, from Nyungwe people, more people to come to Christ and then to, be, to go out and share the gospel with their fellow people. We pray for that. And we know that God is over that and that He will call out laborers to go into that harvest field. We also continue to pray that God would continue to call missionaries to go and to tell others about Jesus. To have that apostolic call to go and to take the gospel to another place, a place that's not your home, to go and to share the gospel, because it's through that that the gospel is spread around the world. That's the command that we have, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that Christ has commanded us to, to observe. Every one of us have that, has that call. But God does call specifically people to leave their home context and to go and to serve and to live in a place where they are strangers. And we are reminded of that every day because I am called, in, in Portuguese, they'll, they'll call me an estrangeiro, which means I'm a stranger in their land. I'm aware of that every day. But, Christ is bigger than that. Christ is, is beyond me being a stranger in another land because of what He's done for us. First Baptist Tifton has been a sender of, of believers, of their members to go and to to serve in other, in other places, from short-term mission trips to, to missionaries. And I want you to know 
that we would love to have many, many, many mission teams come from First Baptist Tifton to come and work with us in Mozambique. I'm extending to you an invitation to come. Now, you can't all come at once, but you can come in small groups of like four people because you can fit into our truck and we can go and, and, and you can use your gifts and your talents that God has given you, whether that's electrical work or uh, banking, you're good with numbers, or, or you're a farmer and you know how to, you know how to, to grow crops, whatever it is, God has gifted you with skills and he's, gift, and he's put in you the Holy Spirit and he's given you the task or the command to go and make disciples. And I'm telling you that you're welcome. You are welcome to come and make disciples in Tet Mozambique because you, you never know. You might Share the gospel with somebody that I might not ever meet if you hadn't come. You might have be able to, to tell someone for the first time about Jesus Christ and then place their faith in him. And it might not be it might be somebody that I would never have gotten to. But you're welcome to come. I just want to close right now, and I want to just extend just, a, just an, an invitation. If you feel like God is calling, it has, is speaking to you about making disciples, just wherever you are. I'm not talking right now about leaving Tifton, Georgia to go to another place and share the gospel. But what I'm talking about is just living your life and being about making disciples right here where you are. From the youngest to the oldest. This is everybody that I'm talking to. If you feel like God has been speaking to you about that and how you need to be a part of that, I want you to just come and just pray. You don't have to come up here. If you'd like to, you can. Just come and pray. And dedicate yourself to be about God's mission. This one effort that we have to make Christ known among all nations. <laughs> Secondly, if you specifically felt God calling you to maybe leave Tifton. And to serve him in some other place. To be a missionary. Then I want you to come now. And if I'd love to pray with you. TJ is going to be down here as well. We can pray with you. We can counsel with you about that. If you just want to come and pray. And, 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 and ask the Lord for more clarification on that. That's okay. Um, it ha happened that way for me. Uh, when God called me to missions. If you feel God's call in your life, just come now as the, the, the guys are going to come and, and play uh, some, some, some music now. I'm going to be down here. If you feel called, 
God's calling you to come. Please obey. Obey Him now and live the life that He has purposed for you to live. Let me just let me just pray for you real quick um, before before we sing. Heavenly Father, we just worship you right now because you are the Most High God. There is none like you. You created this whole world. Everything we see and things we don't, you created. And you are God over it. You're sitting on your throne. Heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. And Lord, you have expressed your love to us. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, that even though we were sinners and enemies of you, that you sent your Son to die on a cross so that we might have a relationship with you and that we might know the purpose that you created us for, and that's to worship you, to bring glory to your name. And since there are other people, Father, who, who have not heard of this great love that you have for them, who, who don't know you, then you've given us a task. You've given us a command to take Christ, to bear Christ to those people. And I just want to pray for this group of people right now, this segment of First Baptist Church of Tifton. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to use them, Father, as they follow you to be a beacon of hope, of love in Tifton and around the world. And I pray for each one of them, Lord, that they would understand their calling as believers in Christ to make disciples. And that together, Father, them here in Tifton and us in Mozambique, we can help spread the um, the message of Jesus Christ to people who don't know. And so I just pray that if you're, if, you're speak, if you're calling anyone here, Father, today, I pray that they would obey. I pray that they would trust in you. Because the God who saved them from their sin is also the God who is faithful 
to to continue to love them and to use them wherever that might be. So God, I just pray that as your Holy Spirit is working in our lives, Lord, that we would just respond to you in a reckless abandon, Lord, just in in full obedience to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.